We'd yeah. rather have this position vacant than have you here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It it's, it's a low. It's a low. Failure. Anger. Sadness. Xanax. What did you learn today? Damn it! This is episode four of the Fairy Fails podcast, and we have found ourselves a new recording location. Yep. Um, we're in room 508 of the Austin Public Library, and they let us know it. <laughs> the library will close in one hour. What the fuck? I'm Katie. This is Hannah. And, of course, we've got Greg here keeping us in check, making sure we are not interrupting each other incessantly, laughing too loud. Which he didn't really remember to do in some parts. <laughs> it's still a okay. problem. We recognize that. We've gotten the feedback. Gonna try and work on it. Um, that's tough. It's hard not to laugh. Especially for me. I have a really, really loud laugh, and I'm very, very aware of it. But I'm trying to control it. Trust me. I know. It's obnoxious. <laughs> this is all an experiment. For the people that we're talking to, for us, um, for this passion project as we're calling it. So we're going to learn together. Um, we've got Callie Gordon here with us today. And um, of course her episode is about failure, but in more specifically job loss this time. Right. right. It's about job failure. She's fired four times in one year. And the second she told Kate and I that we knew we had to have her on and talk to her more about that experience, what it was like for her to lose not one, not two, but four jobs in one year. So, um, and, and her story is really interesting and funny. Um, she's like a very sunny personality, so she has some hilarious takes on all of it. But um, ultimately, it is a big fail, though, to, to go through that many uh, forms of rejection. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, most people get fired maybe once in their life. Right. In their life. In their life. <laughs> and this, was, this was four times in 2013, so hopefully... Um, you know, you guys are able to relate to this type of blatant rejection. Yeah, and there's a whole element of her sort of exploring and trying to find where she fit. It sounds like she's doing a lot of square peg round holing for a few a few jobs. Um, and so her talking about her journey to kind of finding the profession that actually fit her as a person was super interesting. Um, I think that we can both relate to that, um, Kate and I, and so... Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, have you ever, I mean, have you ever experienced that type of rejection? It's hard to be told you're not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was in sales, and um, I remember my manager just saying, like, maybe you should consider <laughs> doing something completely different. <laughs> Maybe you consider uh, consider not. Yeah, that's kind of what he said, more <laughs> and, and not so many words, because I basically told him, he's like, so what don't you like about this? And then I described what I didn't like, and he was like, well, that's the, the whole job. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. Professional rejection is, is its own kind of painful, because um, it's on you, right. for the most part. There's There aren't very many instances where you can say... We uh, both made mistakes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you can't no, really... No, man. This one's on me. Yeah, you can't really wrap it in a nice, pretty bow when your boss tells you that you suck at something. One of the things I love about Kelly's story, though, is 
in the midst of the rejection, she was, she was really on a year long journey, um, to weed out, weed out all the bad. And I Mm -hmm. know that I have people in my life who are doing the wrong thing professionally, but they're doing it because, um, you know, maybe they don't feel that they have another choice. And I think Callie's story was a good example, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that we, we do Yeah, take some time to narrow it down. I really liked, um, and you'll hear it when she starts talking, I really liked her expectation versus reality portion of the story, which is something we're going to start pushing everyone to share um, what she thought would happen, who she thought she'd end up being after after graduating, and turning out, it turns out that she isn't that person, that wasn't the career that suited her, and all of those things didn't fall into place just as seamlessly as she kind of thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think a lot of us experience that type of rocky awkward period where you don't know who you are, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as I think as much as we all hate to admit it, um, what we do for a living is a huge part of uh, who we are. It's the second thing anyone asks you after your name. I mean, of course, it's part of your identity. It's so, so wrapped up in your worth and what you're contributing to society. It definitely, more than it should be, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, again, like she describes, like, she needed to validate those four years of college. And I think we all, any of us who have been lucky enough to get the opportunity to graduate from college are also sort of on a journey to validate those four years as well. I mean, even if we don't use our major, you're just trying to get a job that uh, is justified by the debt you put yourself in (laughs) (laughs) or, or just the time you spent on your degree. Absolutely. Well, without further ado, this is Callie Gordon's fail. Hope you like it. I'm anticipating like graduating in senior year and, you know, like I'm thinking of this like on-air talent as something that is sort of attainable and unattainable at the same time. Like it's sort of like a baby step to being like Ellen DeGeneres for me. Like if I, if I could have my dream job, it would be like daytime comedy. That's who I thought I wanted to be. And I, and that, that's what I was saying about failure is finding your truth. Like once you, once you hit a dead end road, you have to decide for yourself, like, is this who I am? Or is this a dead end for a reason? Like, who am I now? It's an, it's it, it's a phoenix moment. Are you reinventing yourself? What was it about being a radio personality that appealed to you? I really thought it was sort of an attainable springboard to to, to having to, to being Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> you, what about Tyra? You didn't feel like you know. <laughs> I, I must have forgotten about Tyra. She's Wait, awful. Why, I thought music was the big thing. Why Ellen DeGeneres? I think, um, I, I liked, I like, I mean, I like the idea of fame, if we're being honest, like uh-huh. the idea of just being in the, the, at the cool kids table, you know, like I, I always just felt like that was just out of reach growing up. Like I was cool, but I wasn't the coolest. And yeah, like I wanted, I don't know, I wanted the lifestyle associated with Ellen DeGeneres or Chelsea Handler. Really, I'd be somewhere in between. Ellen's too squeaky for me. <laughs> She's right. delightful and... Very Not dark. Easy. Right. right. <laughs> and you saw radio as your conduit to get that life, at least from the start. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt, I felt like I could be on the air. I felt like I could interview people and, um, and, and that's, and that really about it, on air talent is, as a personality at this point. Like they're, they're not in it for their musical taste. Like they don't get to decide what they play anymore. Right. So it, it and, and that was also a lesson in working in radio is like, we just were so detached from the music industry, like so tone deaf to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were all listening to Spotify, like, in our earbuds and playing radio on top of that. Right. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, it was weird. So tell us how you landed this job. 
So this was uh, after bombarding them on Twitter. Um, in school, we learned how to like get jobs in unconventional ways. And so I bombarded them on, on Twitter, and I befriended the marketing specialist, and he invited me to this event where I had to paint in three hours something related to the sponsor, and I got second place. And they wanted to give me money, and I was like, I don't need the money, I want the job. Um, which was a gesture so ballsy. that they didn't take me up on. They gave me the money, too. <laughs> which was great. It was like $200. There's no money in radio, so. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, here's 10 bucks. That's what all of our interns make. Well, you're giving all that ad money to Spotify because right. you're, you're not even drinking your own Kool-Aid. No. Yeah. No, we weren't. We were like, yeah, and that was, and that was part of the realization of, of, of being in, in that part of the music industry is nobody was really drinking their own Kool-Aid, um, except for, like, the producer of 101X, but, like, it's funny, I, like, went through, like, the basement tapes of 101X, like, it's so cool, like, the, the relics of, of, of radio, and I pulled out this CD, and it was, like, Incubus, and Spoon, and, like, I'm, like, and it was from 1995. <laughs> so, wait. So you came into it as like a starry-eyed dreamer wanting to be famous, and this was your end, right? Yeah. When did you realize that this industry wasn't what you thought it was? Um, just observing it, you know. Um, I had a moment uh, during South By where uh, Jason was like hitting on me. Who's Jason? Uh, he, it's like Jason and Deb in the morning. So like <laughs> that, Jay. So wait, the same radio guys that you were listening to when you were in college yes. are the same people that you worked under at 101X? Yes. What's the genre of music? It's rock. If you're like, if you live in Houston, it's like, the buzz, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we're edgy and cool. So Jason, <laughs> is, hitting on, Jason yeah. is hitting on you. Yeah. And I, like, you know, like, in college me would have been like, oh, this is so cool. Oh my God, he's yeah. famous. Uh, and I was just sort of like, you're over, you're like, twice my age at least and you're wasted and it's noon like granted it's hot by everyone's wasted at noon but i was just like but you're like you'd be this wasted any day <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's like uh is this like a don't meet your idols kind of moment for you yes i i've definitely had some don't meet your idols moments in austin for sure jason jason it's like Deb. one other one shaky graves no i met him too i've I met him a few times i hate to hear that actually he is the nicest guy for sure. Um, but I just met him too frequently. Like, if I would have played my cards, I'd naturally have been a cool person. Like, I feel <laughs> like he, we could legitimately hang out and be friends. And be married. And be married, of course. And just Actually have beautiful, married. musically inclined children that don't get it from me. And I, I, I was, like, with my dad one night. I ran it. I, he was playing at Cheer Ups before they moved. He was playing at Cheer Up Charlie's. And I was like, Dad, Dad, this is my favorite guy. This is my favorite band. He's like, you say that all the time. And I'm like, no, you just don't listen. <laughs> so... <laughs> We go, and my dad loves him. There's, like, jaw on the floor. We talk to him after the show. And we're like, you're so great. And then the next night, we go to Whitehorse, and I was like, dad, dad, it's him. He's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm like, the shaky graves, it's him. It's right there. And so we talk to him for, like, I want to say, like, actually 45 minutes. I mean, space and time weren't relevant for me at this point. And my dad was setting me up. Like, he was being such a champ. Like, we were talking about Jacob's well. And he's like, yeah, when Kelly's a kid, she could swim to the bottom. She could do that whole 23 feet by herself. This little crazy guy she likes. <laughs> she was practically a free dri- like diver. And Shaky looked at me, and I was like, I, I was, I'd plug my nose. Oh, <laughs> what? And then my dad would be like, I'm going to go get us some shots. Like, what do you drink? And he's like, bullet. 
And my dad would, like, leave to be like, you two talk. And I'd be like, whiskey's good. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a Shaky Grave song written about this moment. (laughs) Something about a ghost, a house being haunted, I don't know. Yeah, he wrote that about me, Mm -hmm. for sure. That was about Callie. Mm -hmm. The haunted... Cooler version of myself. <laughs> so, what was the what was the final nail in the cross in, in your radio career? Getting fired for sure. That, Wait, I don't even know what your job was. Oh, I was I was like the assistant for 101X and KLBJ, so it was like the rock station and the blue collar rock station. Wait, why? Did you what say is like, what's yeah. the differentiation? <laughs> what does that even mean? Um, is that your face we have seen white trash? <laughs> Look, we're not going to put labels on it. Oh, we are. Oh, we are. I put it on there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say based on the, the number of strip clubs that advertise during the day and night, based on, like, how much is Whitesnake playing, or, like, <laughs> I, I, like... The accent of the callers that call in. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, That was, like, what the crudest DJs would be, and, and like, you know, like... They wanted to be like the chive. Right. Like right. boobs of the week. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So you weren't Jason and Deb. You were doing Yeah, I wasn't working with them directly, but like, you know, like we it was like being at the same high school. Like we knew where each other was, you know. They knew where my dust was. You were hoping to slide in there. Yeah. I mean, I didn't make it on the air, but I would I would hang out in like um in like the talent lounge, just hoping to talk to people who had talent, you know. Like right. Aziz. That what was he. Uh, that was a cool moment. So I was just going to drink coffee until he inevitably would get some coffee. And mm. like I'm like three cups deep and it's like a race against time and trying not to pee. You know, like I'm really trying to hold my ground and play it cool. And like I'm with my like work BFF. And we're like, he could come. He could come any minute. And then one of the guys from the air, not Jason or Deb, but someone else is like, what are y'all doing? And we're like, we're just, we're just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you stalking Aziz? <laughs> and then he leaves. And then the next thing we hear over the loudspeaker, aka this is this is syndicating all over Austin metropolitan area, is like, so Aziz, how often do you get stalked? And she and I just like grip the counter, like, no. Just like, well, you should know that like our staff is here, like waiting to pounce on you. This like the moment you leave the station, like you'd think they'd be above it. And we're like, <laughs> They're not. <laughs> and then and then they're like, "What's up, Callie and Brooke? <laughs> you got a shout out? Got a shout yeah. out on air during oh, Aziz? During Aziz? That's dude. That's a y'all. He wore like a fur coat, like a what? mink, like a fox. It was like a fox fur hood, and then it was the most ridiculous coat. And he showed up in a limo. Like that surprises me. It was so weird. Like definitely not the persona he puts on. I know. I think of him like modern romance, like Like in a Prius. House of Cards. Yeah, in a Prius, you know? Yeah, faux fur in a Prius for sure. Faux fur in a Prius. No, real fur all the way. I mean it's Texas. How cold could it possibly have been to justify that? Not cold enough. Aziz. How funny. (laughs) Gross. So what okay. So you're working under them, you are near the on-air talent. Yes. Um, what adjacent? So, what ends up transpiring that you start to lose your job, or you begin the process? I mean, it was. There's a process. She said she. She said she knew if, it was coming. If you ever get a thirty-day notice, like if you ever, I don't know if you've ever been put on probation at work. Like it's really like. 
That's your wake-up call. It, no, it's really like it's over and you should start looking, you know? Like, uh, and that's what that's how I took it. Um, like, and I, I kind of I knew it was coming. Like, my boss kept asking me, like, do you like this job? And I'm like, I love spreadsheets and data entry. Who doesn't? He wasn't buying it. Anytime anyone asks you if you like your job and, like, say it like that. And looking back, yeah. You like your job. It is like a relationship. Like, what are we even doing here? Like, it was (laughs) the equivalent of that in in your career. Like, are you happy? (laughs) Do you think this is working? (laughs) (laughs) You look miserable. (laughs) But then that's also justifying your own thing. Like, being like, oh, if we fire you, it's doing you a favor. Mm. Right. It's definitely to make themselves feel better. Yeah. For sure. So Which, what were you doing wrong about your job? Mm, not enough spreadsheets. Callie, what were you doing right? <laughs> Stalking guests. Getting yeah. a lot of swag. Oh, I got a lot of swag. I, like, we, we had, like, a free lunch club where if there was ever free food in the building, we would group text each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Location, type of food, how much is remaining, pertinent information. There's sushi on the second floor, and they're about to be out of roll, out of California rolls. Like, <laughs> type, it. location, and like status. Yes, I love. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah. I don't know that 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 was like the focus of my day because the job really was boring. Like, we had like a biggest loser contest at work, and I was like running that. Like, I was doing everything like, but the job. You know, <laughs> I wasn't that bad, but I, I definitely like. I um, I think there's a little bit of like corporate surplus i just read this new york times article about jobs that are bullshit like jobs that are about like um like creating reports filing reports like in the article this woman was paid twenty five thousand dollars to do an analysis for a report that was going to be presented at a convention and then the convention didn't go on schedule and so the report was never presented like Mm. just this corporate excess so like my job i feel like could be done in probably 15 or 20 hours a week but if you if you front load your work and then there's a lot to be done later, then like I don't I didn't want three days a week to do nothing. But then it was like timing that just right where you're like, I could work really efficiently, but not too efficiently, or I'll lose my mind. Yeah. I am definitely as I my new job is corporate and I'm understanding that fine balance between Working too hard. Yes. <laughs> and not working. And enough. you want to make, like, your day, like, work, you know? And and then also, like, if you take on other people's work, then then, then they rely on it. Like, you know, it's like, hey, can I help you with anything? Because I was an assistant. That's not a road to go down. Because then you'll be punished for being good at your job. Exactly. Right? And also, I was getting paid $400 a week. So yeah, I, didn't, so I don't want to do their job too. It was, right? yeah. it was hard to not be resentful of that, you know? Um, so how did you take that that conversation? Was it Jason who delivered this? No, my my boss's was his name was James. Like okay. basically like radio is in the business of advertising the same way that Facebook is in the business of advertising. It's all about like selling ads. So, he was really responsible for for sales. Like what strip clubs can we get on the air or whatever. When he told you when he had that like heart to heart like how, how are you really liking this? I mean, what mm-hmm. was your response? Like as, Please say you weren't honest. As, mu- as much as I could lie and, like, you know, like, when a date's going bad, like, huh, no, I will text you back. I mean, yeah, I just, like, uh, it definitely was not going well. Um, and, and I don't know, I just think, like, we have those scary moments in life where things aren't going well and you're trying to save it for the sake of saving it. 
mm-hmm. uh, because it seems like so much effort to start over. Right. Yeah. So what ends up happening? So 30 days out, he said, he does he you say you're fired? Uh, I, HR, it was like the end of the day on a Friday, super corporate way to get mm-hmm. fired. It was like right. 5.30 and the office is cleared out just in case I like start flipping tables and light the place on fire, you know? And so they have a security Let's guard there. <laughs> yeah, like they like deactivated my email. Like it was like already done. And yeah, like it was like you need to vacate the building within five minutes. Like kind of. And and I basically like and I'm like, <laughs> what do they think about and me? And you're like 22, right? Yeah, like, I'm oh dangerous. Oh my god. Four minutes 59. Yeah, Four but, minutes but yeah, it was like H- the HR person and my boss were sitting in my boss's office with like a stack of paperwork, and I was like, I know what this is. It's, it's apparent, you know. It's like when your mom and dad sit down after Christmas one year and just go, hey, mm. you know where the conversation is going. I don't know. We're breaking up. Oh. <laughs> oh, when your mom and dad sit down with each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I was like, no, that normally went differently for me. No. It was not like, hey. No, there was, like a, yeah, there was definitely a <laughs> moment where, like, it's a holiday tradition. <laughs> we open presents, we get divorced. <laughs> On again, off again, mom and dad. Here's what <laughs> I don't get, though. Me. You said that the job was, uh, this is going to come off rude, but you said the job was like super easy. could have been done in like 15 to 20 hours a week. Yeah. Okay, like, why did you get fired? Because I just, I didn't like, I, I just really wasn't a fit for it. And also like a quarter of the people have been fired, like within me working there and leaving. So they were doing layoffs. Yeah. I mean, whole apartments were being merged. I mean, departments were being merged and, um, uh, even like on-air talent gets fired, and mm-hmm. that's not yeah. I mean, it's just like the structure of radio isn't working, and it's like I feel like from a historic standpoint, I'd be like, yeah, I was I was there in the last few years of radio. Like, right there, you go. That's a good way to. So think. I have to ask you because I was recently fired, and my my response was to um, make a turkey sandwich and then walk for six hours aimlessly oh yeah what was the first thing that you did um I called my work BFF uh one was going out of town and the other one I knew was going to be in town and I was like hey I just got fired I'm coming over and she's like oh I want to do this that and the other and I was like biatch <laughs> like I'm coming over <laughs> and so we like ordered one or three pizzas and watched the Simpsons for a while and that's yeah. what's up. Yeah, like there's, it's definitely a breakup. Like, right, it is. You know, yeah. you definitely gotta like. There's some rejection there. Wow. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I feel it like I have a very literally rejection. Food response. We'd yeah. rather have this position vacant than have you here. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It it's sucks. it's a low. It's a low for sure. <laughs> so when you put it like, <laughs> yeah. 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 When this when this job opening happens, like four thousand people will apply for your job, and they're right. Um, they're like, someone wants this more than you, and I'm like, you're right. right. From one place, um, Freddy's on South First, which is now Fressa's. Oh, I um, love Fressa's. What, was it, is it a restaurant or a bar? It was a restaurant. Um, what, what kind of food? Um, like white trash American. Oh, so now we can do white trash. <laughs> <laughs> now we can throw labels on the owners. I'm trash. I'll say it. Mm-hmm. I'll say it. Yes. And so I like 
I am going through training and I'm, I'm like annoyed that I have to go through training because I'm like so clearly like I, Above like, it. I, I can wait, I can, I can wait tables. I can throw a couple burgers on tables. Like I, I got this, like, please stop. And, um, <laughs> I didn't even finish training and the owner's like, well, how do I say this? Um, everyone thinks you're kind of a bitch. <laughs> Oh man! And I'm like, thanks for putting it so delicately. Uh huh. Yeah, we, we didn't have an HR department at at that particular place of business. What was your response? Uh, I was like, well, um, you owe me some money, and um, for obvious reasons, I'm not going to pick up my paycheck in person. So here's my address. Wow. Um, I mean, a low point for me during the low point of that experience was um, my favorite, the only person I kind of liked that worked there, who was a manager, um, got fired because her meth addiction was out of control. And meth, <laughs> meth is one of those... Was it in control before? I, I, I mean, well, I mean... She had a good handle on it. Yeah, like... I mean, she could rattle off some orders, tell you what. I mean, she was a hard worker. Did you say I tell you what? Tell you what. <laughs> Freddy's. Uh, yeah. And, and so, I mean, meth is to me one of those things that like belongs on Netflix, you know? It's fascinating. I'm watching. I care. But then, like, when someone does it, I'm like, oh. Too close. Whoa. I'm like, yeah. it's in Austin? Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's meth here. <laughs> Am I even safe? <laughs> So the person you liked there did math. <laughs> she was my favorite. <laughs> did, uh, wait, did, so are you saying, did you even have a shift? Do you have a full shift at this joint? This I is think I worked there for like three is. weeks. This, Katie has a really similar story about, <laughs> about what's it called? Uh, the grist the mill. The grist mill. She only worked there for a day. Wow. I, no, Hannah. Oh. I worked there for a couple days. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did not make it through training, though, and I was asked to carry a tray out to a table, uh-huh. a tent top who'd been waiting you know, for an hour for yeah, their food. Because it's the gross mill and they don't have their shit together. Right. Well, they're if about... You're listening, this is, yeah, this, is, this is way worse. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, like, wobbling the tray down, and I have the the tray stand, and I'm trying to unfold it to get the tray. The whole we thing know, falls. Yeah, you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Plates break, food everywhere. I mean, 10, Into 12 meals. Like, that was just like gone. unhinge a shift because like the chef had to make those ten things and now like everything is pushed back. I was wearing a hairnet. Wow, you don't wear a hairnet. Yeah. So my no no, and that's the thing is I was training back weight in order to work at this militant establishment. You have to train in every position in the house. So on this particular wow. day, I was wearing a hairnet back weight. So, like, pass in mac and cheese through the the thing that's hot. To give Gristmill some credit, there's, like, a thousand tables Literally, at this restaurant. Literally, it seats over a thousand people. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I get, I get the, it, if it's not militant, they will shut down. So, someone asked me to carry this tray because yeah. someone needed help. So, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Break everything, spill everything. The table's just staring at me. And I walked out. <laughs> Wow, like you didn't even, you didn't even like, I didn't get fired. I didn't say a word to anybody. 
I walked out and they paid me for training like 70 bucks. Wow. So I hope you kept the hair Had you not like waited tables before? <laughs> had I waited tables before at that point? Probably. And I yeah. think that's why I I was like, oh I've got this. I got this tray. Yeah, I would I would think so. It's the walking out part that is my favorite yeah. part of the story. But yeah, in yeah. that year it was radio fired. Um, Thai restaurant fired. One of my favorites, Sway, right? Sway. Wait, well, so you're naming all the names. How did you? Well, I got, I was, it, so I got fired from 101X and I got fired from Freddy's, but I was working at Freddy's and Sway simultaneously because I wanted, like, I wanted to work full time. Like, I wanted to make some right. fucking money and mm-hmm. not think about my problems, my identity crisis. You right. know? Of course. You're not this cool Austin music girl anymore. Shut your fucking face. Struck a chord there. What instrument do you play? No, I'm not. I, 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 I just like the music yeah. industry. I wanted to hang out with people who were talented. She goes, right. no. <laughs> no, no, no. What instrument do you play? I want to be talented. No. <laughs> Wrong question. <laughs> I want to be talented in the way that, like, being a good interviewer is talent. Like, right. I want to talk to people who are talented. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so 101X, Freddy's, Sway. Sway. Similar fashion? Sway. Did you have a shift in Sway? No, I, w- I got promoted, and I, I was really bonding with, like, a new friend. And Meth or no? No, there wasn't math. We, we weren't bonding over math. We were bonding over watermelon margaritas. And I just took a little nappy nap before my, like, 4 p.m. shift. And and then I woke up around 7. Oh, shit. You got fired for that? I got fired for that. And the thing is, they text me to say, like, hey, don't worry about it tonight. But I, like, needed to respond to be like, thanks. So my boss recommended me to a job, and I helped someone went for mayor. Whoa. Which was amazing. So that was... My next job. And I helped them run for mayor against now Mayor Adler, who is amazing, and I wanted to win while I was running against him. That's pretty common, yeah, in campaign life. Yeah, so I... take the job that you can get. Yeah, well, I interviewed with this candidate, and I've always, like, like wanted a career in politics in, in some capacity. Like, it's definitely, like, to me, it's another seat at the cool kids' table, even uh-huh. though... We hate politicians, whatever. I think it's fascinating. And um, he interviews me as, like, the libertarian candidate. And I was like, yeah, cool, let's do this. And um, and then, like, you're in the job, and he's like, I want to bring prayer back in school. And I'm like... That doesn't sound very libertarian. No, and also, like, let's not blur the lines between a municipal election and, like, a SCOTUS decision the supreme court said no prayer in schools so like you don't i don't know i'm just saying like you don't get to undo that and also there's a lot of type of prayer like you're talking about christian prayer or muslim prayer like can i do yoga prayer like the rap prayer the rap kind of prayer and then like fox news picks it up and i'm like no 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 and like the whole time adler's running and i'm like please win so so what'd you do for the campaign i ran it i like i I I loved it. Like, he would be like, net neutrality. And I'm like, all right, what's your stance? And he's like, net neutrality. I'm like, he doesn't know. So I... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was his stance name? There were like six candidates, and one of them was Todd Phelps. I don't know. Wait, yeah. how did you go from getting fired from Sway to getting a job running a campaign? We just... So I... When I worked at, at Sway, I... The most of the time I was a host, and it was the only place for the manager to stand and look like he was doing something, but really mm. we would just talk the whole time. Mm. So... 
We would just talk the whole time, and he just knew how, like, politically charged I was and just knew that it was a fit. He also knew that I was unemployed because he did it, so. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. So, okay. And also, this candidate was insane, so I could handle it. Right. <laughs> I actually think that's a perfect fit. Yeah. But so, okay. Did they ever ask you about, like, when you were interviewing for that job? Were they like, so, tell me about your past experience? And you're like, well... <laughs> Um, three jobs ago. <laughs> like, how, do you, how did you talk about that? Well, you know, I think I have the gift of gab. You do. And, That's why I want to know the secret. And he was also, like, kind of desperate. Like, it's like one of those moments where, like, he was too busy to find someone. And I just happened to be available. What a perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, I had um, a marketing degree. And I used to do the social media for Texas State University. Right. And, like, I, I was a really good fit to mm-hmm. do this. Um, and it was great. I mean, I would research topics for him and I would give him bullet points and then he would say my words like in a debate or on the air Mm -hmm. or on the news or whatever. And like, that was the biggest rush. That's super cool. Yeah. So, so that is all 2013. It was a big year. Yeah. Well, I worked for the radio station for a little bit longer. So I guess we're in 20, 2014 now. Big year. Then I worked at Austin's nicest restaurant, which is hilarious to me because I got fired from two other restaurants the same year. Um, and we happened to be on Bravo. It was like a head-to-head challenge, like a reality TV. Um, and our episode was airing this night. And um, for whatever reason, everyone who ever works at this restaurant came in to watch the episode at the restaurant. And they were like, hey, I want a beer. Hey, I want this. And I was getting so frustrated because I was like, I- I'm-, I'm not working right now. Like, mm-hmm. right. And so I just I just poured myself a glass of wine. And it was like, <clears throat> it was for the chef. And it was like a $1,000 bottle. And um, so. <laughs> What's the name of the restaurant? Jezebel. Oh, yeah. And... <laughs> I, you just picked a bottle of wine? Well, it was already opened, oh. and the Somali and the chef were drinking out of it, and I was just, like, ticked off, and I'm like, everyone else is drinking, and I don't want to drink Guinness because I'm gluten-free, so I'm going <laughs> to help myself to this wine. Wait, and they fired you for that? Cause you... No, they didn't fire me, so the next... <laughs> oh, God, I was then, like, that's what happened and so, and so the Somali, like, loses his shit, and... What does he say? Um, he's like he was like the kind of person that like he would look at you from across the restaurant and be like this is the part of the shift where he goes and yells at me loudly in the walk-in cooler so the guests can't hear Mm -hmm. got it yeah so he would always like I would get that look and I'd be like this is dad is mad I'll let myself out yeah and so (laughs) that you should have taken one out of my plate and and so no I actually (laughs) I actually stayed and I I explained myself and then you know uh he wanted he wanted me to like stay and like celebrate the evening and I was like the evening's done for me I'm leaving and then the next day I was gonna tell him that I was gonna quit and then he was like we're shutting down the restaurant and it was like Valentine's Day was going to be the last day or whatever, so I'm actually get fired from that one, but still a pretty a pretty I was a fish, yeah, to your the employment there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then after all of this, were you just like, what do I do? What can I do? I mean, what were you? What was what you me? thinking? Um, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, I um. 
I was getting my real estate license when I was working at all the restaurants, and then the campaign um, came my way, and I literally, like, was applying at the Capitol with a real estate license, like, um, it was during the legislative session, um, and so I was, like, walking and knocking on people's doors, like, to, to, to be a part of their team, and then the next day I went and, and interviewed at real estate places. What would you say in this story in particular, this fail and over the that course of that year would be, what's the moral? Like, what did you learn? Um, listening to your truth, finding your truth, like knowing what your heart is and what it wants is such a gift and some people never find it. Um, and, and also it, it's a scary thing too. Like what if, what if your heart says like, I want to be a firefighter and it just sounds right. so outside of who you think you are um and and so against like what you're supposed to do whether you know I grew up in suburbia and went to college and my parents have a certain idea of who I should be like um we're bound to that we make huge momentous life decisions based on that so does that mean that the moral was more about weeding out what was wrong yeah I think weeding out what was wrong and then also it was really scary I mean to to be in real estate like I was saying goodbye to 401k uh health insurance any sort of structure with payment um I mean it's just a hundred percent commission and I'm like I don't know anyone who's bought a house in my I mean at this time I'm 24 I'm like Who's going to buy a house? Like, who's going to buy a house for me? If I was in my 40s, I'd want a 40-year-old realtor who's been in the industry for 20 years. Um, and so there were a lot of fears. And I think I think in any um, goal setting, there's going to be fears and there's going to be ob- objections. And you have to decide, like, are you going to listen to that? Are you going to lean into that? Or, like, are you going to say, like, fuck that. What's more important is my dream. Can you pinpoint a hero and a villain in your story? I think I'm my biggest villain. I think we're all our biggest villains. Like, I think that... Even Freddy? Mrs. Freddy was a blessing. (laughs) I was, like, almost a little proud. Like, everyone thinks you're a bitch. And I'm like, I think everyone's... good. I don't fit in here. (laughs) Stupid. Let's call a spade a spade. (laughs) Y'all are white trash, and I'm a bitch. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, I, so, like, I just think about, like, any dream seems insane when you don't have any work ethic behind it, really. Right. I have a friend who is living in Europe right now teaching people to rock climb and kayak. If you were to write down on paper, like, all I want to do is live in Europe and get paid to rock climb, like, it sounds like a literal right. pipe dream. It sounds like right. you're stoned off your mind. Meth, probably. <laughs> or, or you're high on meth. Meth pipe dream. Uh, my, um... My lawn lady does meth, and I gotta tell you, she She works so hard. She is fast. One time, she missed like a patch of grass, and she's like, "Everything look good?" And I was like, "Well, can you just get that?" And she's like, "I already put the lawnmower up, so I'm just gonna pull it by hand." (laughs) What? Answer. Right. I go to the bank to get cash, and I get back, and she's on. She's just on her hands and knees, just like pulling grass out. First of all, I love the lawn lady. Her name's Claudette. Gender <laughs> equality. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the is first... her meth use evident, or did she disclose this to you? How? 
I don't know, it's like it's like having gaydar, you know. Just like a meth vibe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, like like so like when I was like, okay, like my meth manager, I'm like, I see it. You know. Um I had a meth plumber and I'm like, okay, like I'm starting to see it. It's like it's like cocaine, but there's some desperation to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a little bit like when I interviewed my plumber, he's like, I'm gonna get the job done. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> Your pipes are gonna be so good, and I'm like, man, I've got like fucking Jimmy Fallon doing my plumbing. So How do you think he would have done at the radio station? Oh my, he would have been great for KLBJ. I, I think so. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was fascinating. The blue he, collar. Was, he was like, when I'm here, it's yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. When I'm with the city, I, my nose is so far up their butt, and I was like, you are an ass kisser. Yeah, he would have killed it. I want that. I want. I want that for me. <laughs> Kelly, what's your favorite fairy tale? My favorite. Fairy tale. Mm. I, I definitely, I think Little Mermaid was the greatest hits for sure as like a, as a, a little kid. And it was so sensational. Like when they're in the boat and the fish are jumping and there's fireflies. And, right. and then when she got fired four times, you're like, I can totally <laughs> relate same. to that. Yeah. yeah. There is an element of like reinventing herself. She though. did. She, she didn't. She didn't go contrary. She knew she was a princess. She God damn it! And she her. went out there and she <laughs> got her crown. She sells her voice to become a princess, which is pretty. Yeah, cool. I feel like I sold my sanity to get my real estate license. <laughs> In my mind, for the rest of my life, the lesson of 2014 is to to be your own boss. I'm the best boss I've ever had. <laughs> so the expectation versus reality element for you was like you expected to what like have a successful radio career or be you you wanted to be Ellen so you expected to like be launched into this sort of daytime fame well yeah Ellen was like the pipe dream it was really just like I just so desperately wanted to be validated into when I when I was at the school of business like my vision for my life was like some version of a suit desk situation like one of my close peers like went on to work at Oracle like you know I was applying at like Whole Foods like I wanted this sort of corporate Austin lifestyle because that's what I thought that I was going to school for I just thought I was going to get out of school and have like this corporate job and I was going to like it and then to realize like oh my god I'm not a desk person and what what is a respectable career that's not at a desk like that was that was part of the the philosophical experience for me is like okay, like, I know I don't like a desk, and I know I don't want to wait tables for the rest of my life. Like, what, what's in between? And, uh, you know, I really, like, I looked at the Austin landscape because I knew I wanted to be here, and I'm like, medical, not, it's a pass, and tech, pass, and I did the music industry, so I was like, well, 150 people are moving here today. Right. right. I mean, right. I went from it, like, a pragmatic standpoint, and then it right. checked a lot of boxes. Like, I get to be my own boss, and... Um, I mean, it's amazing. Like, I had a former coworker who said she was the only person at the office, and somebody walked in and they wanted a million dollar house. That'll change your year. That'll change the trajectory of your life. If you get a yeah. thirty thousand dollar commission, you can yeah. be like, okay, try to upgrade the car, maybe the house, you right. know, whatever. Yeah. So there's not a lot of careers that that have that. All right. Well, that was Callie Gordon's story. I hope you guys liked it as much as we did. Um, got some some interesting tidbits out of it um hopefully a laugh or two what we're gonna do now is ask if you guys have any fails of your own that you'd like to share with with us um it would be like this where we sit you down uh talk to you a little bit about your story um ask you some questions and um 
you know, feature you on an episode, perhaps. If you just want to write us in at uh, fairyfailspodcast at gmail.com, send um, just in the subject line, um, fail, and whatever your the headline of your story is, and we'll be reading those. Um, we might even, if we have a bunch, we'll read some out loud at the beginning or end of our shows. Um, but we're excited to hear from you guys. Yeah, the best part of this experiment so far has been uh, people coming out of the woodwork um, willing to say the ways that they've screwed up. It's been enlightening, hilarious, and just like really connecting, I think Absolutely. is the big word. Absolutely. Um, we That is definitely th- one thing we all have in common is that we all screw up part of the human experience. Um but yeah, we want to we want to hear about your screw ups now, <laughs> if you're willing to share. Um, it's not always the easiest thing to get on here and talk openly about things in your life that have impacted you that you felt like you were you were rejected or failed during. Um, but it is kind of a therapeutic experience. We can both say that from experience Completely. now. So yeah. Um, yeah, write us in. T- show us what you got. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.